Hello and good evening. This is Outside the Mic. Outside the Mic. Good evening. I just wanted to feel like a news anchor. Oh, I gotcha. Any shout outs this week, Marty? We do have some shout outs this week. Easton, Betsy, Michael, and Jeff. And Jeff actually, um, Jeff always gives some really good feedback. Uh, We we love Jeff. Mm -hmm. And he... He is so into music, and he always knows something about, you know, whatever the subject is. It almost seems like every time, though, he has admitted there's been, which is why he enjoys Outside the Mic, because there's things that he has learned, but a lot of times he has some um, personal knowledge or information about the subject we're talking about. He'd reminded us also, so thanks, Jeff. We appreciate that, and we appreciate the uh, the Instagram post. Uh, he also reminded me, and we forgot last time, that we lost somebody in the music industry, Charlie Daniels. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The good old country boy. Yeah. Charlie Daniels died on July 6th, just last month. Devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He didn't get Charlie's right away. He was he way behind. He was a little behind. He didn't get Charlie's till like he was 83, unless he was walking around without a soul. Ooh. Which I kind of doubt, because he, he out fiddled him didn't he devil rousing up your bow and play that fiddle hard keep it going sure i don't know the rest of the words this shiny thing of gold and if you do the devil is your soul we know the lyrics really well on that song don't we i found it interesting and just a little bit of history about the personal life of charlie leading up to his death on july 6 2020 he did live to the the ripe old age of 83 which is very cool oh good yeah charlie and i never heard about this in uh, 1980 january 30th while digging fence post holes on his farm so charlie was a successful <laughs> he was a country boy he, yeah he was he's he didn't like just play that fiddle he, he pounded that post hole. He did. You know, you'd think somebody like that maybe would hire somebody. But no, Charlie's out there digging fence posts himself. I'm sure he had some help. But he suffered, however, three complete breaks in his right arm and Ooh. two broken fingers when his shirt sleeve caught on a spinning auger. Ooh. Ooh. It could, I mean, it broken, but I feel like it could have been a lot worse. It could have been like his arm could have been like hamburger. Well, exactly. Right. You, you picture that. And I'm sure it was. Can you imagine? Ooh. And then it's stuck in there and somebody's got to. This is why I don't I don't even touch chainsaws. I mean, I'll be the first man to admit that there are some things that mm-hmm. I try to stay away from. Snakes, chainsaws, anything that might not la- allow me to play music anymore is pretty much just a no go. I'm glad you don't work with snakes. Well, it's a good choice. I threw that in there because that's my ultimate fear. I think you've brought up snakes before. I'll Jared. bring it up again. You don't like snakes. <laughs> I, my son has a snake, and I might have to bring it in one day just so we can see Jared's reaction. It'd be kind of like the spider, I would imagine. I don't like. Well, spiders just are okay. Like just a girl. The ones that I come out of nowhere. Okay. Like, <laughs> You're sure? You're like okay. It happened. As if I had a tarantula that? and I just set it right here and it crawled over, you'd be fine with that, maybe. Probably I don't think not. anybody would be fine with that. I would be fine with that. Well. I think I would be. I, yeah, I'm with you though. I mean, a spider. Yep, spider. Spiders can be scary. Spiders can be poisonous. But uh, 
an auger, I Breaking think would, your be, arm. would be worse. Sure. Yeah. So during a doctor visit on uh, continue with Charlie real quick in 2013, he was diagnosed with mild case of pneumonia and they found out he needed a pacemaker Oh boy. And they installed a pacemaker. So from 19, no, I'm sorry, from 2013 until uh, just this last July when he passed away, he had a pacemaker. So he was doing pretty good with that too. Charlie dealt with some stuff and was still, you know, you find that we talked about deaths and artists whatsoever. But there are, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that doing music makes you live to a ripe old age as well because it just gives you something to do. Oh, yeah. Have a creative out- outlet. It adds so. years. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. Okay, so this day in music, August 10th, 1963, 13-year-old little Stevie Wonder started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with Fingertips Part 2, making him the youngest singer to top the charts, Stevie Wonder. Whoa. Wonder. Get out of here with that. Okay, August 10th, 1964. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Go back though. Tell me that one again, because I love you. Stevie weren't even Wonder. listening. You I just was wanted to get your. I was yeah. I was, being, I was I was being silly. 1963, August 10th. 13 year old little Stevie Wonder started a three week run at number one on the U.S. single charts with his song "Fingertips Part 2. 13 years old, making him the youngest singer to top the charts. And it was at number one. Number one. In what year? 1963. <laughs> That's the year I was born. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. And, but you I were born in. Admit that. You were born in March, right? I was born in March. Yeah. Okay. So just a few short months after you were born. And what was the name of the song? Again? Fingertips Part Two. <laughs> I'm just fascinated. <laughs> I didn't know he was. I knew Stevie was a you know a child wonder like a prodigy, but I had no idea he had a number one song at the age of thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Okay. Okay. Next Onward. one. Onward. August 10th, 1964, Mick Jagger was fined 32 euros in Liverpool for driving without insurance and breaking the speed limit. His solicitor explained that Jagger was on an errand of mercy, driving to see two fans injured in a car crash. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Wow. Was he... Maybe they were on on their way to a show, got in a car accident. He was like, oh, hold the phone. Yeah. I got to take care of this. He's sure he wasn't just making that up. He just had that story in his back pocket in case he gets pulled over. I mean, you have to trust everything you read on the internet. You do. So there, that answers that question. Thank you. August 10th, 1968, Tom Jones went to number one on the UK album chart with Delilah. Tom Jones and Delilah. I don't know that song. Okay. I might have to, I might have to take a peek at that song because I bet I would remember it, but it's not popping into me head right now. Absolutely. August 10th, 1969, during a North American tour, Led Zeppelin appeared at the San Diego Sports Arena. Jethro Tull was the support act. August 10th, 1970, Elvis Presley played the first night of a four-week engagement, playing two shows most nights at the International Hotel in Las, Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Yeah. Man, we got all sorts of... We got Stevie, we got Elvis. We got we some got, big names happening yeah, today. yeah. Elton John, August 10th, 1976, played the first of 10 sold-out nights at Madison Square Gardens in the New York in New York City. I don't know why they have in the New York City. And that was 70 what? 76. Okay. The one the, point... The bicentennial. Yeah, there you go. The 1.2 million generated from the shows broke the record set by the Rolling Stones in 1975. Oh, so we tie the Stones in there again. He was so... What a meteoric rise, to use that catchphrase. Because Elton played, did you ever see the Troubadour documentary? 
I saw the movie, but I've never seen the documentary. Okay. What's the movie? The Elton John movie. Okay, that movie. So the Troubadour is a separate thing, and there was a... That's a club in L.A. L.A. Yeah. And it was a launching pad for a lot of careers. And there's a documentary, and I forget the name of the title of the documentary. I probably referred to it before. But it was hosted by Carol King and James Taylor. And it talked about Elton coming over the pond. Mm-hmm. And that was his first U.S. appearance at the Troubadour. And literally from that point on, there was just... Yeah, you know, you saw that in the it's, That's in the video. movie, yeah. 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 They he do was, a pretty cool crazy uh interpretation of that point in time they do his whole flying off the piano thing yeah and they like slow-mo and he's all flying oh that's right yeah. that's right he's actually like flying above the piano which i don't think they had ropes they were just doing that so <laughs> You're right they're just making it look like he was having a meteoric rise ah or a some kind of uh way to bring it back levitation rise maybe that might be what happened he was levitating i think August 10th, 1985. You're going to like this. Okay. Money for Nothing by Dire Straits peaked at number four on the UK single charts. Notable for its groundbreaking music video and a cameo appearance by... Sting. Singing the song's falsetto introduction and backing chorus, I want my MTV. Oh, I knew we were going to be off when we finally hit that <laughs> final note. That just does not reflect too well. on. But, you know, it's just impromptu. But I love that song. I love Sting, obviously. Who co-wrote that uh, song? He co-wrote what song? That song. He co-wrote that Money song, Money for too? Nothing. It says, who also, Sting, who also co-wrote with the song, Mark, how do you say Mark his name? Knopfler. Knopfler. I did not. See, I love learning something new on Outside the Mic. I did not know Sting had actually co-wrote the song. I thought he just sang the, the background vocals. Mm-hmm. Did you know there's an interesting story about that with Sting as well? The song, I thought I told you this before, but I didn't tell you outsiders, and maybe you've heard it. One of the, I think it's in the part where he says, um, yeah, he goes, I want my, I want my, I want my MTV. His record company, whoever was the record company for the police, and it's not coming to mind, it might have been IRS Records or somebody, somewhere there was a lawsuit over publishing because they said, that melody was from don't stand so close to me that does sound a little too close it does and Uh i think he says too he says don't stand so i don't think he repeats the don't stand so but that part and i'm gonna have to fact check that i'm not gonna do it right now but to find out if there was actually ever any litigation but it's his song i guess maybe the other members of the police could well go to bat that's just it i'm sure he wrote the song but there was probably some shared publishing rights between him and and the record company perhaps and i don't know how that ever ended and it was probably there was some sort of settlement on that okay and sting was involved in another one to follow okay to follow suit with that with what you just talked about (laughs) august 10th follow lawsuit with that (laughs) Ah, zinger august 10th 2016 ed sheeran was being sued in america over claims that his track thinking out loud rips off a marvin Gaye song and i believe that song is yeah this the family of the man who co-wrote let's get it on yeah says it copies key parts of the track ed townsend's relatives were asking for a jury to decide if they they were owed damages come on hmm. at this point in music we are all copying something we've heard along i feel like 
I just watched a video on this. Well, I don't know if it was a documentary, but they pretty much just said by this time, things have been melodies and chord structures have been used throughout music over and over and over again that we're getting to the point where mm-hmm. of course this is going to sound like that because it's in the same key with the same chord and the, yeah. and the melody might be similar like what you said with the sting thing right we're getting to the point where of course things are going to start sounding the same there's only so many combinations that you could put together that's a good point uh however there is Obviously, there is going to be a line that gets crossed occasionally. We, and there's blatant there's yeah. blatant cases where it's like, all right, brother, this is too close. Yeah. You, who was who the one in Sting recently? There was a guy who did a rap song. I'm going to feel dumb for not remembering it, but it was using Sting's song. Um, it was using one of Sting's songs, which had a very, very obvious. We're going to fact check this later really obvious guitar track and my son was playing it for me and immediately the second it started it was like that's sting's song yeah that he's using yeah and apparently this guy released this and he did end up having to pay sure because he literally lifted i think he actually lifted the track itself sure from, and that's uh, pretty common in a lot of pop and rap stuff is they will sample music oftentimes with permission saying like hey i love this intro part mm-hmm. of your song or whatever can i put it in my rap song and cool and a lot of times big name yeah artists from the past be like sweet yeah and then we'll i'll yeah. come in uh and be featured in the, the video or something so it seems like we did it together or whatever that yeah. that's a big thing but then there are times where it's like no Go that's ahead. this song and you know it i know it everybody knows it yeah busted which was the case and i remember the song that was called shape of my heart okay which was staying and that's not the shape of my heart yeah, so there are, there's lots of variables. There's lots of situations that can occur with that, obviously. Uh, but I did not realize the one about Ed Sheeran. I hadn't heard that before either. Okay, your so. favorite band, August 10th, 2007, Spice Girls. Oh, thank you. Emma Button from the Spice Girls gave birth to a baby boy called Bo at London's private Portland hospital. Button and her partner, Jade Jones, a former member of defunct boy band Damage, had been together for eight years. I literally don't know anything about what I just said. Baby boy Bo? Baby boy Bo. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, we can move on from that one. That, that's fascinating, though. Thank you. Sure, Congratulations yeah, that's good. for your little boy. Okay, boy last boy. one here. We've got uh, August 10th, 1992. Def Leppard kicked off the North American leg on their 248-date, seven-day weekend world tour at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Date again? Uh, give me it one more time. That would be August 10th, 1992. Wow. Wow. I got to see Def Leppard. You've gotten to see a lot of bands that I wish I could have seen. Well, ACDC being one of them. Yeah, a lot. I With did. Bon Scott. Sorry to interrupt yeah, you again, yeah. but that's a big thing. My very first concert ever. I think I was probably a sophomore in high school or a freshman. Got to see Cheap Trick and ACDC with Bon Scott, which was very cool because I do believe he probably died that year. It's it's oh, yeah. possible. I mean, it was really really close, and that I am going to have off. to look up because it was super close to uh, shortly thereafter when I had seen him. Yeah, 1980, and I think I saw him in 79. Oh my gosh! Pretty sure that's yeah. crazy. He was an amazing singer, an amazing singer. I mean, it was great that they were able to have the amount of success that they did afterwards. Anyway, with uh, Brian Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. But it's it wasn't. If you look at the songs, it's obviously it's a different sound. But way to go, ACDC for rocking on anyway, keeping it on. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's it for today in music history. Okay. Do you want to go next, or should you want me to just jump right in? I've got something just brief we yeah, can talk about. So it's a fun thing. It's an appetizer to, I think, what you're going to be talking about. Kind of like your little thing last week? Uh, not as, It's not as game showy. It's Grammy. more Okay. <laughs> Thank you, to, Google I had girl. to sneak a few in. Um, it's not as gamey as that. It's not as okay. game showy, yeah. So we're going to be talking about crazy tour writers. Do you know what tour writers are? I don't know what a tour writer is. Is it like a I ghost writer in the sky? <laughs> Not as cool. So a tour writer. Writers in the sky. <laughs> Easy there, Cash. Okay. Tour writers. Uh, a tour writer is a document that includes a set of rules that a performer sets as criteria for a performance. Okay. This includes all requests or demands either for the artist's comfort or they tech or the technical details needed to perform. M&M's come to mind. Yeah, so I'm the sure first everybody's one, heard everybody's story, heard right? this one, uh, and you're right. So Van Halen had a very specific writer in their note, and it says, All the brown M&M's are to be removed from the band's communal candy bowl backstage. And so did you happen to notice if this was actually factual? This was factual. Be- well, okay. I don't know. I can't say that I was there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But my sources, I got it from insider.com, legit, and then also Business Insider. And I wonder which member. Was it Eddie? It seemed like. Who knows? Might not have said it, but it seems like that's what it I was. It was the communal Eddie. bowl. Yeah. Have you ever been able to really. Dis- and this might be a, a topic for debate. Have you ever been able to taste the difference between the colors of an M&M? Or do they- Certainly not. <laughs> no. I, I am guilty of just grabbing a handful and tossing it in. Yeah, I don't know if food coloring has a taste. <laughs> I think that's mainly what you're dealing with but there. But sometimes when you look at a color, you can yeah. taste the color. It, it, you can associate it with... Maybe. It's like more of a mental thing rather yeah. than it is like a taste bud thing. And that's pretty powerful. If I grabbed an orange one, I might think I'm tasting orange. But I've never... Yeah, I've never actually had the experience of putting it in my mouth and going, oh, yeah, that one tastes different. I just always think they taste the same. You know what? Thinking back to my childhood, I remember preferring the blue M&Ms. No kidding. Because I have no real reason why other than I like the color blue. Well, there you go. And I think I liked red ones because I liked the color red, especially back then. Maybe brown just brought a very disheartening taste. And they said, no more. No more. Somebody didn't like the color brown. So, okay. Okay. Next one. Onward. Pharrell. Oh, man. I'm butchering this guy's name. Pharrell Williams. Anyways, he has that song, Happy. Because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like a... Okay. Um, He requests, you got it, that his dressing room contain a framed photo of legendary astronomer Carl Sagan. Do you know who that is? I do know who Carl Sagan is. I'm going to fill the outsiders in. Carl Sagan Sagan was an out... Imitation of him, but I don't know. (laughs) Does he sound like that? Billions and billions of light years away. That's as close as I'm going to get right now. That's your guess is as good as mine. I you mean, like I to would say billions. You. He actually the the movie Contact with Jodie Foster. Did you ever see it? Nope. It's an alien encounter movie. I would which, assume so, since he's an astronomer. Yeah, and we talked about UFOs. Great movie. If you haven't seen Contact, watch it. It was based on a book by Carl Sagan. Oh, there very you. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Not only was he an author, um, but Carl Sagan was an American astronomer and planet mm-hmm. planetary scientist. Right on. I almost said planetary. What was I about to say? I Something don't, I have with no plants. idea with you. It could okay. have been anything. 
Astronomer, planetary scientist, who is best known for his scientific contributions to the research of extraterrestrial life. He and that dude from Blink-182 need to get together. Well, he's not alive anymore. So, Well, they, could they don't need to get together. Could, you could maybe um, uh, orchestrate a seance for them and have sure. that happen. Jared. He's the first scientist to send a physical message into space with the intentions of reaching potential extraterrestrial intelligence. He had developed some sort of, I don't know if it was a sonic sound or if it was something like that, mm -hmm. but he thought the aliens will be able to interpret this and we will be able to make communication with them. Wow. I don't know if it ever worked. I, I It seems like I've heard something along those lines. I really, not that I was that astute that I did a lot of uh, digging into, you know, Carl Sagan's life and, and a lot of his work, but I was always fascinated by Carl Sagan. And whenever I did happen to see him, it, I found it very compelling. And just cool. the fact that I really liked that movie and I liked his book, I, I liked Carl Sagan a lot. Williams, a quote from him says, I watched Carl. Cosmos, not not Carl. This is for Farrell, Pharrell Williams, the guy okay. that has the picture in his dressing room. Farrell. Farrell, <laughs> whatever. whatever. Like a Williams cat. is quoted as saying, I watched Cosmos as a child, and I was always blown away by Sagan's mind and the way he thought. When I look at his picture, I realize how lucky we all are to be on this planet and be able to do what we love to do every day. Seeing, seeing Carl's face... Um, inspires me. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of what I was just saying a little bit. Yeah. There's something about Carl. He was a good dude. He was a good dude. He sure seemed, I don't know any, you know, backstory on him, but yeah, sure. Seemed like a good dude. All right. Our next writer that we're going to mention is Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce <laughs> demands that her dressing room be kept at 78 degrees and asks, this is weird, for chicken legs and then all caps, heavily seasoned huh not the kfc dried out crap this is heavenly seasoned chicken legs to eat obviously. she likes them seasoned yeah. with cayenne pepper and also prefers in her dressing room rose scented candles my oh my she explicitly requests to not have any coca-cola products anywhere near her she can only be seen with pepsi products due to a contractual agreement beyonce these things are just kind of... Can you... If you were in that position today, you're a successful touring musician, would you have any special requests? Could you think of something that... Are, do you, That's maybe funny that you're just, asking me that because yeah. I was going to ask you that at the end. But we'll start with me uh, and okay. you can go. We think alike. That's good. I would request that a taco truck be present okay. at all venues... Okay. Because you never know when you need a little carne asada. <laughs> or the guacamole. That would be it. A little taco uh, truck Well, you. you know, I'm just hungry right now, but I probably could think of more. What would yours be? Well, I'm just trying to think of general creature comforts, and I don't feel like I'm that demanding. I certainly wouldn't have anything goofy like M&Ms or, I don't know, chicken legs. But I guess if the sky's the limit and you could have anything, I would... I don't know. I would have some, I guess, just foods I like. I like lobster. It'd be fun to have some lobster around. Not that I would need to eat lobster all the time, but it would probably be more food related. And then I would just want to make sure that wherever I was, obviously it would be, you know, comfortable. Like, not like in here, we actually <laughs> don't have an air conditioner. <laughs> but uh, creature comforts, water, I, I'm i not that demanding. I wouldn't be, yeah. It, it, it's almost like you, you, it makes you wonder if, 
after a while they just get bored and they're like i can ask for anything i want so now i'm gonna make sure that there's a blue and white striped towel hanging on my chair okay so you mentioned that let's dive into some specifics Adele yeah. requests exactly 12 small bottles of non-carbonated spring water at room temperature, one electric kettle for boiling water, six large mugs for tea. Hmm. All mugs should be new, washed, and dried. Six metal teaspoons and two squeezy bottles clear honey, specifically not organic. Hmm. Not organic honey? Not organic honey. And she also requested no citrus beyond sight. It's interesting because usually people, if it's going to be a preference, you would request something be organic. I wonder why she requested being not organic. Don't know. She I, likes them preservatives. It I, adds a little extra mm, to yeah. that honey. I guess I've never thought of organic being super important with honey because you have bees which kind of wander around anyway. And I, I don't know if they're getting wild clover or they're going to get. Well, and I think there's something in non-organic honey because when you get organic honey or you get straight from the the hive farm, yeah, yeah, it gets crystallized pretty fast, and so mm-hmm. you have to keep it, you know, warm it up to get it to stop being. So you know what I mean. You've done that before. I have. I have, I have luck with that. I guess it's in the winter though, when it's generally a little cooler in your house. Then, there you yeah, go. that happens. In the summer, it seems to do well. Yeah, but store-bought honey, like the little bears. Yeah. They don't typically crystallize as fast or at all. Oh, because they add water to those, too. Well, there you go. That's what I've heard. I saw a big special on the whole honey industry and honey wars or whatever the heck is going on. But there's always something. Anytime something gets big enough and you get a bunch of money and then you get a bunch of bureaucracy and then you find out that somewhere somebody's being treated really badly <laughs> because, yeah. as a result, which is sad. But I saw something like that on honey and it was about adding water to honey, watering it down. I get mine local. Local honey is obviously the best because then it's actually healthy for your immune system, your allergy response and all that stuff because it's things that you may be exposed to locally so. today on good eats yes thank you with marty meyer yeah. which, which by the way you know this isn't a mini episode anymore we're sitting at 33 minutes okay yeah. i'm gonna make it fast here we go paul mccartney which is okay but all lamps must be halogen floor lamps with a dimmer switch hmm. only animal free materials and no artificial animal furniture okay six full leafy floor plants but no trees must be as full on the bottom as the top one large arrangement of white Casablanca lilies. What? And one large stemmed arrangement of pale pink and white roses. One arrangement of frisas. It comes in of various colors, so mix them up, please. Twenty dozen clean towels outside of the production office for Mr. Sir McCartney. Really? But That's a little disappointing. I mean, I like Paul. He's one of my favorites. I thought but you were disappointed more. in my in my. Uh, no, it was fine. My the dialect was great. Spot on, Teddy. Spot, spot on, Teddy. You know how your name is pronounced in Spanish? Tell me. It'd be like Haret. 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 <laughs> See, every time I do, it just sounds like a mad German. Haret. Yeah, kind of does. Haret. Maybe you just are a mad German. I am. I think you might be. I, I guess the longer you've been doing it, like Paul. Maybe it just gets to a point where you realize years and years and years, it's like that one time when I had this, I really liked it. So now I want that every time. I guess I won't be too judgmental. <laughs> I mean, once you reach these, the but... star status of Paul McCartney, you yeah. you can have Casablanca lilies in your dressing room and nobody's going to think anything else of you. Yeah, you could get a little eccentric. 
Absolutely. And yeah, if it makes him happy, then don't worry. Be happy. But that's all I got. Don't worry. Just a couple notes. Beach Boys requested that they are, there's happy. recycling on there uh, during a bunch of recycling bins around their tour sets. James oh. Brown needed a full range professional hooded hair dryer for his hair and the upkeep of his hairs. Well, he had some pretty cool hair. So wow, check out my hair. Yeah. I was wondering if that was real. But I guess it was real. Apparently it was. Must have been real. That's it. That's all I got for the tour riders. Wow. There was plenty more, but I just grabbed a few. Tour rider, yes. And of course, that is spelled R-I-D-E-R, right? A right. Rider, like a rider. Like a rider. I think they, that's why I got confused at first. They also narrowed it down more. They would call it a hospitality rider, which is just okay. a list of things that would comfort the artist um, either leading up to or on the day of the show. You know what I think would be fascinating? What? To see if, because when you first said it, I thought you were saying to a writer, which is W-R-I-T-E-R. Sure. And I wonder if there was such a thing, because if you were touring some of these groups that didn't write their own songs, maybe they brought along a tour writer to try out new songs while they were touring. Do you think that ever happened? I think you're thinking too far into this writer-writer thing. I don't know, Jarrett. I, I think it would be a really cool double meaning. I'm just going to Google tour writer and see what comes up. Ooh, it's a one word thing. You're tour too writer. excited about this. Nah, it's not what I thought it was. But tour writer news. I think it's people that write about like vacation tours and stuff like that. So it could be something like that. Not what I was thinking, though. If we were playing baseball right now, you would have yeah. just you would have just batted us out in the left field right there. I might have just bunted. Bunted. <laughs> well, there you done. go. I would have just like, boom, <laughs> and not made it to first base, first base after all. So I mentioned on the last episode, which was a full episode, that there's always some synchronicities that happen with sure. us. And we had covered the song Good Riddance by Green Day from the episode American Idiots, referring to ourselves there and to their Broadway <laughs> play. And later that week, I saw a documentary, and it was about Glenn Campbell. And I wasn't a huge country fan growing up, but there were songs which definitely caught my attention from time to time. And when I was probably about the age when, I think I was about seven when Glenn Campbell was really just starting to explode on sure. the scene. And I know at my uh, my dad's garage, they had a Ford garage in the little town of Hoven, and there was always a radio on, and I think it was generally country radio, so I heard a lot of these songs there too. So I was actually, and Glenn Campbell was a crossover artist anyway, so his stuff wasn't just country. It would usually find its way to the pop charts as well, something like Galveston, By the Time You Get to Phoenix, Wichita Lineman, all those songs. So we saw there was a documentary called I'll Be Me, and it was about uh, Glenn Campbell, and it talked about his last tour. He was diagnosed in 2010, late 2010, with Alzheimer's. And he did a goodbye tour, hmm. uh, which started, I think, a little bit later that year. His final show was November 30th, 2012. But as I was uh, looking up information, I'm... The documentary was fascinating because here you have a guy who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, is obviously dealing with dementia symptoms, and he was able to tour. And what they found was as soon as he got that guitar and got in front of that microphone and in front of a crowd, it was like there was a part of his brain, and the doctors weren't even exactly certain how this worked, 
but he would you know he did have a teleprompter but he would be able to perform these songs wow they were just you know it was like there was a different part of his mind and his soul that would come alive and start firing on all cylinders that is He'd, awesome yeah isn't that amazing yeah. it's it's really it's sad but yet it's also inspiring to see that he was able to do this they did have to cut it a little short because it was progressing mm. and towards the end he did have some moments where he would get a little upset on stage or forget a uh, a lyric or something and then he would start over he would start the song over but it was very neat to see how his audience still loved him and were you know obviously forgiving of those sure. kind of circumstances it's out of Glenn. his control so yeah, yeah that could show him some support man yeah got a little yeah. clamped almost there jared <laughs> but i loved glenn campbell i loved his songs and what i realized when i was well here's something that um i did bring up before the coincidence that i found out while googling later because you always have to start googling and looking up information after you watch one of these because if you're fascinated by an artist he had covered the green day song good riddance as well oh wow really yeah. Yeah, and I oh I don't have that pulled up here. I did want to play a little piece of that. It's more of a country kind of a I don't know if it's honky tonk, but it's a real upbeat, almost a bluegrass. We'll kind see of if we can plug it. it in afterwards. Yeah, maybe. I think we might have to do that because it's really a cool version. But there you go again, a synchronicity where I just happened to see the documentary. We just covered the song, and here Glenn Campbell's covering the song. The song that really got my attention though was Wichita Lineman. Do you know that song at all? I, I have heard it a few times. Or I've talked about it, but previously. You've talked about yeah. it previously, but then I, I think I have heard it. Yeah. It's kind of, it has kind of an eerie sound to it, a little, right? Am I hearing Well, it's the right got one? a descending the, line. The, yeah. And, it's, and it does switch from a major to a minor key. We won't get too music theory here. But what I discovered, because that song was a, like an earbug after watching that, I couldn't get Wichita Lineman out of my head. And I looked it up, and I realized that the person who wrote Wichita Lineman, as somebody that I had been aware of because he's a well-known songwriter. His name's Jimmy Webb. Oh, sweet. He also wrote MacArthur Park. And I'll, I'll forgive some of you if you don't know Jimmy Webb or even Glenn Cabell or MacArthur Park, because this, uh, this is back a ways. Um, I would assume most people know about Glenn Campbell. But that song, it was just fascinating. And there was a fascinating story around it, how uh jimmy webb had wrote a song for glenn campbell by the time i get to phoenix so they requested another they call it a place song about mm -hmm. a place mm -hmm. and he said i want another place song because that one did well so jimmy's writing it and he lived in an apartment where he had an old piano and his roommates as a joke had spray painted his piano green oh jeez! it was supposed to look like frosting from a cake because in the song macarthur park which is a very famous song even if you haven't heard of it. It was a very famous song. It was a big hit for a lot of people. He talks about a cake. And so he was trying to write this and the keys were sticky. They had spray paint on them. And he's sending them this song, which I don't know back then, you can't just send an email. So I'm assuming maybe you would actually play it over the phone that to them. Might be and it. then you would... Um, or did they have little tape recorders? Remember all of your little radios always, you could record onto tape, but you could use the microphone that was attached to it. I'm guessing because you didn't even have fax machines back then. I'm, I'm thinking maybe it was cassette thing. Was cassettes a thing back then? Because that's what I'm referring yeah. to. All the little cassette yeah. players, they always had to record and there would be a microphone and you could record yourself. But he would have to do it because he wasn't there at the studio. Mm. So he would have had to have some way, I just realized I'm getting off our mic here a couple of times, but that's an interesting thing that I would like to look into because obviously there was that line of communication somehow between a songwriter and a studio. Sure. And I'm not sure how that worked, but 
however it worked, they were able to get a chart and get the song from Jimmy. And he told them it wasn't done. Hmm. So the song Wichita Lineman has two verses. He wanted to write a third verse. And instead of a third verse, Glenn Campbell did a baritone guitar solo. Okay. But they loved the song so much. Uh, Glenn Campbell is quoted as saying when he when he heard the song for the first time, he cried. Oh. And they recorded the song. The guy, the producer, was um, Al DeLong, I think was his name. And he did an incredible string arrangement. And then later, they didn't even tell Jimmy that day. And he saw him like a week later or whatever. And he goes, oh, I guess you didn't like the song. And he said, no, we loved it. We recorded it. Huh. And he's like, what about the third verse? And he's like, I did a you know guitar, guitar solo, solo instead of and and the rest is history folks. when in doubt solo out yeah legendary song extremely legendary song and it's one of the most popular country songs of the the entire um century i guess as Sweet. you would call it before the turn of the century one of the most played songs on country radio and i think it also crossed over to pop as well wow Wichita lineman so do you want to hear just a couple lyrics from macarthur park real quick sure because I think you'd find these entertaining. I'm game for anything. Uh, this is a part, I'll tell you about the part for the uh, why they spray painted the piano. I don't know how they came up with green, but this is kind of an interesting lyric. Actually, here, what I'm going to do first, I'm going to play you just a little bit of piece of the song. This is Glenn Campbell with Jimmy Webb live. Um, not Wichita Lineman, which I believe we'll find out more about Wichita Lineman here in a bit, but we want to hear Glenn Campbell doing... MacArthur Park. Do it for all the folks that stood out in the rain in Chicago Labor Day. In Chicago. Jimmy Webb's fabulous MacArthur Labor. Park. Thank you, Glenn. I'm Glenn Campbell. It's got a long introduction. It's got that cool descending line. Sound familiar? It does sound familiar. What a boy! Little beard. Wow, that's why I've always I hear you sing, and I think of Glenn Campbell. That's right. There we go. Spring was never waiting for us, girl. It ran one step ahead as we followed in the dance. Here's the line you're gonna like: between the parted pages. And were pressed in love's hot fevered iron like a striped pair of pants. Like a striped pair of pants. Whoa, spot on, man. <laughs> Maybe we're going to have to cover this song. And here's the part about the green piano. MacArthur Park's, MacArthur's Park is melting in the dark, all the sweet green icing flowing down. Someone left the cake out in the rain. I don't think that I can take it because it took too long to bake it, and I'll never have that recipe again. That's a really famous Is stanza. About cake? Well, here's what happened. A lot of people throughout the years, and as I was researching this song, have been, what's up with the lyric from MacArthur Park? Yeah. What's the meaning? What's this all about? It's almost a Hotel California thing. Like Exactly. They're so cool lyrics, but you're like, what the heck? And they compared it to Hotel California in that oh, respect, okay. where eventually the Eagles just said, it's just a bunch of stuff we came up with that doesn't have any big, giant, significant yeah. meaning or interpretation. And what Jimmy Webb said is with MacArthur Park, he was basically writing, he had broke up with a girl and they used to hang out in, in L.A. at MacArthur Park. Did you ever go to MacArthur Park in L.A.? I did not. I don't think I did. I think I did. I think it's kind of close to downtown LA. I hope I'm not wrong. Somewhere in that area. But basically, he was just writing about actual observations that he made 
while they were in the park. And somebody had actually there left a cake There was out. a man who was walking, and he was wearing a striped yeah. pair of pants. Not the exact lyric, but he saw a guy wearing a striped pair of pants. <laughs> he saw birds like tender babies and an old man playing checkers by the trees. And it's kind of... If you listen to the song, it's just these little tidbits of observations of him hanging out in Carthy Park. Imagine a third-party person looking at Jimmy as he's writing this, and he's like, what's that dude doing just looking at birds? He's just writing something (laughs) down. Now he's looking at that guy with those weird pants on. Maybe they thought he was a peeping Tom. Maybe. I don't think it'd be that unusual for a person to have a journal and be writing in a park. But But it might have been while he was there with his I just imagine him like circling... Or like in a, like a 360 motion, looking at everything he sees, and then there's just some other dude who's like, you know, he's slurping down a hot dog mm-hmm. in the park, and he's like, "What's up with this guy?" Does it say slurping down a hot dog? In there? Slurping down a hot dog in my striped bear pants. I got a challenge for you, Jarrett. Okay, I'm ready. I want you to go and sit in our park, and then come back with a song. But there's got to be something going on because it might be a little slow. I could tell you what that, parts, that'll but. be about. Here's going to be. Okay, good. There was a car that drove by then. Another car just drove by now. I saw a car drove by and it's a striped wow. car. <laughs> what are you saying about our park here, Jared? Is that all that happens? I'm just saying. Is I've been to the parks and, and you just people watch a little, which I guess is what he was doing. But. Now I see some teenagers on their phones. They're not looking at each other. They're just staring at their hands. How about something like that? That. <laughs> And they had a striped <laughs> pair of pants. And a hands and pants. And they had, a, and they had some really short, hot pants. Uh, I don't know. On a really hot day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You can, you're dismissed from that okay. assignment now. <laughs> go buy me some strapped pair of pants. I think you want to. I do want to mention one more thing about Jimmy Webb. This is definitely a full episode. Folks. Let's just but, count uh, a full episode. Yeah. Should we just do we this might. a full episode? I think we I might. Say we just do it. I and think we, we just might. do a mini the next time. I think that's cool it because happened. who cares, yeah. really? It's yeah. an episode. As long as we release an episode, if you guys you are guys cool mind? with it, we're cool so. with it. Everybody's cool with it. Okay. Let's, Let's just do it. What do you guys think? We're listening. Hello. Yeah, that'll be great. That'll be great. Uh, you got to do it. We love you. Whatever. Oh, you guys love right. Oh, that's nice. Cool. That's nice. Yeah. You know, in fact, I'm mean, just to try that one more time really quick. Um, Strap it I'm gonna like, what do you guys think if we do that? Yeah. <laughs> really? It's okay then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but do you about, like the show? Yeah. What about, what about you? What do you think? Yeah. Do you like Marty's pants? Yeah. <laughs> or I could just do. Yes. 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 Yes, yes. I do. Yeah. If you put it with an exclamation point, does it make a difference? Yes. Oh, it kind of did, maybe. Was yes. It yes, it does. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Okay. As long as you guys are fine with it, here we go. So back to Jimmy Webb. Something I wanted to mention about Jimmy Webb, uh, he is not... Sometimes you wonder, because if you look at him back in the 70s, too, he, had the, he looked like any cool 
be like James Taylor, long hair, got the beard. He had a pretty good voice. We'll post a picture of him on Facebook so you can to. see. But he didn't really make it as an artist, a performing artist himself. He didn't have an unsuccessful career in that regard, but he was much more successful as a songwriter composer. And some of his songs, I don't know, this goes way back to, but I always remember Up, Up and Away in My Beautiful. Do you know that song? No. My be- you don't know that one. By the time I get to Phoenix, Wichita Lyman, Galveston, he had a lot of songs. He worked and collaborated with Glenn Campbell, Michael Feinstein, Linda Rodstad, Ronstad, The Fifth Dimension. Have you ever heard of The Fifth Dimension? I'm, I'm, nor have I ever been. So. Oh, Jared. Have you been to The Fourth Dimension, Jared? I, I drove through. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about it. <laughs> Art Garfunkel, Richard Harris. He was very successful, but the very coolest thing, I think, about mr james webb he is the only artist ever ever to have received grammy awards for music lyrics and orchestration ever ever wow so that's that, pretty cool yeah i mean that i, I could have used him on the grammy no grammy you could have you could have and i'm i would have known though because i already looked grammy up, no so. grammy don't punch my grammy grammy no grammy don't punch my grammy did you know glenn campbell was an incredible guitar player we did talk about that last we time. did talk about that and yes and I think, well, when you so when you mentioned Jimmy's hair, I was thinking you did show me a video of uh, Wichita Lyman, and he didn't have crazy hair, but there was that crazy cool guitar solo. So I'm familiar with his with his guitar playing. Yes, he was actually a take my pencil out of my mouth. He was a <laughs> uh, a session musician. That's how he started out in L.A. Oh yeah, and he played on recordings by the Beach Boys. Bobby Darren, Frank Sinatra, Ricky Nelson, Dean Sinatra, Martin, Sinatra, holy buckets, Nat King Cole, The Monkees, Merle Haggard, Mama tried, Mama tried, Mama tried to make me better, but Nan- I pleaded ninety nine. Go for it. I might have to stump you on a few of these. Nancy Sinatra, hit it, Jarrett. <laughs> Downtown, da 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 da. No, I think that's the wrong one. I, I was think, getting um, to that. No, hers. Were these boots I made for walking? And, and that's what I'm gonna do. You. you know, that was Nancy Sinatra, Jan and Dean, Bing Crosby. The list goes on. Anytime you know a song, Teach just pop right in there. Yo, children, well, very good. Because they Is might that? just have a spell. Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, <laughs> Doris Day. Shoot, no. Kay, Sarah, 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 whatever. The Everly Brothers, the Cascades, Paul Revere and the Raiders, Wayne Newton, the first... I mean, this it's not amazing. He played on I a lot. I could definitely not do songs for all of Yeah, them. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed you did as many as you did, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, but what a legendary session player yeah. turned, uh, you know, and sometimes they are able to translate that and, and uh, transition into a successful career as a performing artist. Obviously, Glenn, Cam- Glenn Campbell was able to do that, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget about old Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell. I'm going to look up. Do you have anything else that you could say while I'm looking up Glenn Campbell's version of Good Riddance? I don't, but I'm, I have just enjoyed the freedom of this episode. It started as a mini, but we're going to just roll with it as a as a long one. I think that's cool, just, just yeah. being able to talk about music. If it got long-winded, I'm sorry, but I think it's it was a cool... Everything was transitioned well. I, I really enjoyed learning and listening about Glenn Campbell and yeah. just the just everything that... We bantered all matters music here. Well, it's fast. Most matters we music did, mostly, that mostly matter mostly. about Glenn Campbell. We matter. had a discussion about that, but uh, 
anyway, we won't go there right now, but uh, <laughs> mostly I, I like that point that you brought up, Jarrett, because it did feel like that. And at first, I was a little concerned when I saw us hitting half hour, but uh, I remember when we first started doing this and we were concerned about filling the time. Obviously, now the concern is um, having too much. Reel it in, boys. Reel it in. Let's reel it on in. And our computer didn't glitch out on us, too, so that's a good thing. That's always good. Uh, here's a little bit of... Uh, Good Riddance by Glenn Campbell. We're going to listen to that, too. I don't know if we'll take us out with that, but we're going to listen to it. Good turn up. You can see it's bluegrassy. Yeehaw! Another turning point of horns tucked into a road. Time grabs you by the wrist to direct you where to go. Make the best of this test and don't last why. Waiting for the band to really kick it's not in. Not a question, but a lesson learned in time. Going to pretty soon, though. Something unpredictable, but in the end, it's right. I guess that's probably enough. Uh-huh. Let's see. Let's see. Time there we go. I was just waiting for that bass drop. That's what I wanted. That sent some shivers mm. on my like the bass drop. Boom chicka, chicka, boom chicka, chicka, boom chicka, chicka, boom chicka. Hey, I was going to go into it. (laughs) We both sang a different part of the song at that point, but that's a pretty cool version, huh? That is very unique. That's cool. I did not know. I did not know that. Well, I don't know why I had to stutter about it, but I did. I did. I did not know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's all, folks. I'm amazed at how many people have covered Good Riddance. There's a lot of covers of that song. Yeah. He's, it was a pretty popular song back in its day. Yeah, he's, he did like well with that ago. one. Speaking of which, though, when you do something, and we were a little concerned as far as covering songs or playing pieces of songs that are published, you had thought, we had read, that if you did 30 seconds or left less, you'd be okay, but we already got tagged on a copyright claim on YouTube and it was less than 30 seconds. So They're bringing us down, boys. Yeah. It's been nice knowing you. The man. The man's coming down on us. Big brother's coming at us again. I think we'll be all right. It just says we can't monetize that video, but I'd You not, mean we can't sure. make money off it? Yeah, like all the money we We've were making We've been making, making so it. much money. We can't even get money off of that? We can't get our money for our 50 views. Yeah. <laughs> we had. It wasn't that one anyway. It was a different one. So. Well, this has been a fun episode. This has been. And I Thank think you, that's, Marty. Yeah, that wraps it up. Other than, you know, I do want to. Uh, whether it's today or another time, we're going to do Wichita Lineman. Oh. Because that song means okay, a, a lot to me. And it's such a well-crafted song. From from my perspective as, um, you know, and I think anybody who is, is somebody who's written songs and then you perform songs, you always look at a song, not just about how you feel about it when you hear it, mm-hmm. but then when you start to break it down and you kind of see what they're doing. Yeah. He did some cool little tricks in there going from a major to a minor to another different major key and stuff like that. So Whoa. Yeah. Cool song. Way to go, Jimmy. And Jimmy's still alive. Shout out to you, Jimmy. Jimmy Webb. He's still Well, you alive. have been listening to Outside the Mic. Again, I'm Jarrett Weimer. And I'm Martin Meyer. Keep listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, check it out on OutsideTheMic.com and all streaming podcast platforms are going to be releasing a new website soon. Right, Jer? That's right. Right on. Keep right an, on. Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Thanks, Outsiders. Take care.